Welcome back to another episode. How are you doing, Chuck? I'm doing pretty good. How's it going? Oh, pretty good. So today we're looking at bias in the media. So back in 1983, there was about 50 companies that own most of the media in the U.S., and now we're down to about six. What do you think, Chuck? Any having an effect there? Oh, 100%. 100%. There's got to be, like you said, there's just a few companies that own everything. You can trace a lot of movie corporations or like different uh, production companies or what have you back to just a few people. And it kind of seems as if, all, you know, all, road, all roads lead to Rome kind of situation. I completely agree. I think one of the major issues with this, it gives us the impression that we have a bunch of different options. You've, you've probably seen that video where all the different local news outlets are saying the exact same thing verbatim off the same script. And they all came out about exactly the same time. Yeah, it all came from the same person. Whoever wrote that first email, that same teleprompter script just got sent to everybody. And I think that's, I think that's a big issue. For instance, a lot of people don't realize ABC is owned by Disney. So when I watch something on ABC News, I don't exactly think, hey, Disney, they're not going to be real hard on those guys. Why, or why isn't there any hard-hitting investigations on Disney? Well, I mean, if they don't have the same na name, it, it just seems like it's a different source. It gives us this impression that we're hearing from both sides, and that's simply not the case most of the time. Well, it's kind of, it'd be like telling the CIA to investigate the CIA. You know what I mean? It's not going to happen, Captain. They're not going to reveal their own secrets to you. Yeah, it is kind of funny. Those uh, their investigations seem to say, "Hey, we uh, we did a pretty good job. We're uh, a okay." Yeah, and we didn't find anything. Squeak, squeak, like squeaky clean here, boys. That water looks thick. What's that? Said your water looks thick. Oh yeah, I think I have a little bit of creatine in there. Also, uh, I switched to those <laughs> those mason jars because my cat is always interested in whatever I'm drinking. Knock them over. Well, it's just water, and he's like, hey, "I want to stick my head in there." But a regular cup, you might try, but when you get the the skinny mouth mason jars, he, he won't try those. And oh. they're much harder, like you said. He's he won't kind, of a knock he's kind of a thicker boy, kind of furry. Yeah, he's, he's always interested. I don't know if you're familiar with Bloom's, Bloom's taxonomy, but basically as you fulfill the different needs, someone's basic needs, then your most important need becomes the next thing down the line. All and right. so if you give someone food and shelter, they start worrying about actualization and things like that. I think Comfort my, and so on and so forth. Yeah, I, I think my cat is in a situation where I've provided for every one of his needs, and the only thing that's left now is bloodlust, and I feel yeah, bad for him because hunting. he attacks everything. Bloodlust blood makes sense. I, I feel that. I had a cat like that. Yeah, he explores everywhere, goes everywhere, attacks everything. Walk by, he'll attack me because he's so bored. I, I, I give him attention, but he wants more of the, I need something to attack. I almost feel you like- get him like a little battery-powered mouse to run around the carpet or something. Yeah, we've given him some of that stuff. He has a little, uh, one of those little posts that he can go ahead and tear the heck out of, and he does. A scratching um, post. And he breaks, yeah, scratching posts. And he breaks all of his other stuff. Just wish we had more stuff for him. I almost feel like I should be like the snake owners where I go get a little mouse for him or something, because he just, mm. he wants something to kill. Like he literally goes up on the, he, he jumps up on the windowsill to look outside and watch the birds that he wants to kill. I let him out. He can't get close. The bloodlust. The bloodlust. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I just oh, no, took a fine. drink and I saw your bubbles in the bottom just go like this, and that's why I said that's water's kind of thick. Yeah, it is crazy with the cat too. He's the only one of the only cats I've ever seen that literally attacks the 
jumps and tackles the dog and they both play fight back and forth. Like he's a little dog, but still it's odd and hilarious at the same time. Oh, he wants to play. Yeah, he wants to play. Anywho. Well, I know what a lot of people at home are probably saying. You know, the media, it's just a bunch of words. It's not a big deal. But I'll say it is important to certain groups. And I don't think they're doing it just for the heck of it. I think it's because it does work and it is necessary. For instance, why does the CIA use the media so much when it comes to changing out, let's say, leadership in some other country? I'm thinking because it works and it's cheaper than going to war. Like, what do you mean as changing out leadership? And like, like they're going to just put it on TV. Hey, we're doing this. Oh, no, more of more like false flag operations. They'll act uh, like there's someone over there. Say there's someone okay, sowing yeah. con- uh, dissent over there. They'll artificially they'll push. come up with a reason to stick their nose into it. Yeah. Like if there's someone over there creating dissent, they'll artificially push that guy up in the media and act like he has more support than he really has and even upplay any mistakes the great leader over there is making. And, Basically, just try and sabotage them kind every of, uh, which way. Propaganda e. Oh yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. propaganda. That's, that's trying, yeah, you know, trying to undermine his approval rating. Basically, change him out. And an unfortunate thing, even if they have someone sowing discontent over there, they'll use him as a useful idiot. They'll keep him going mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. But if it's you know, if it helps oh, overthrow the other guy when they need to, and they'll let him be there until that point. Yeah, yeah. And so they'll yeah, and then after that, they'll just insert their own guy, or something will happen to oh. the. What's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Not a patsy. That's like a fall guy. Um, um, oh, like a puppet, like a puppet leader. Yeah, yeah. You someone know? they take advantage of. Maybe, maybe it was Stalin who would use the word "useful idiots." Yeah, the yeah, people yeah. they used to gain power, but then they immediately discarded them. <laughs> yeah, when they enough. got into power. So obviously, you have the CIA trying to change out you know leadership in other countries. And when it comes to a dictator, you know what are they doing? You never hear a dictator say. Hey, free the press. You know, that's mm. just stuff dictators never say. So obviously it must be working because all the dictators still in power, well, they they control the press. They right. don't let you say just whatever you want. And just with the big magnitude of everything, you know, if you look at how many ad dollars are being spent, it's a three hundred billion dollar industry, you know, just on ad dollars in the US alone. That's not kind of the rest of the world. And a lot of that trickles over even to lobbying as well, which is only $4.1 billion, which I'm glad to hear that's not nearly as much as advertising dollars themselves. But $4.1 billion is a ridiculous number when it comes to Yeah, but lobbying. lobbying, lobbying sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Our lobbying isn't... It's more like once every couple of years. Like, I mean, it, you know what I mean? There are elections held every year, but the big boy election is only every few years. And that's the one where most of the money is spent, I would imagine. If I had to guess, there's probably like... A majority of that lobbying money is spent on presidential elections versus smaller congressmen and blah 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 senators or whatever. Oh, I, I agree. I'll bet you that number is much bigger around. It's got to be like eighty-five, leaders. fifteen, some percentage to president versus everything else, or something goofy. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I kind of see the lobbying dollars. There's only so much they can do with that, even if they propose a new law and they smooths the uh, politicians you can't just get anything passed i'm feeling that a lot of this media coverage is to change sentiment and open up and change the minds of the people that way when that politician puts in a law or regulation he shouldn't have the people are kind They're of just okay like man with it. whatever he's cool in these other situations so we'll yeah, let it slide so he, a lot of the big players use it and there's just a lot of money involved so 
I don't think those people got the money by being complete idiots. So I think well, there's something to this. Well, it's I mean, it's got to be media sends media as far as like radio, television, or I guess radio and then television. Before that, what was it? News. We had newspapers and newspapers. Oh, yeah. We had newspapers and newspapers. And then we got radio and television. And then eventually cell phones, Facebook, you know, YouTube and such. But like without those contributions, like without those forms of media coming to be in our hands, we wouldn't be where we're at, obviously. Like the just the ability to send one letter copied to everybody in the United States when we needed to or something like that was huge. And now we can send it to literally every single person that has a phone. And that's huge. And then the news is going to take advantage of that to tell us whatever they think they need to. So, I mean, yeah, before the printing press, I mean, it was real expensive. You could hardly send anything to anybody. Right. You're, you're printing one thing, one letter at a time, one book at a time, or, you know what I mean? One page at a time. And even sending a book later was still pretty expensive. Nowadays, it's like... Man, hell, making the book was expensive. Was making, yeah, that's right. And now you can send to numerous people and basically blow up overnight. I yep. mean, you can put one YouTube video out and the next day wake up and have 20,000 people following you. Your every footstep, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and that may not last real long, but that's all it takes. You do that right, and you spend those 15 minutes in fame right, and you could be living pretty the rest of your life, which is fine and dandy, but and one of the side effects of, of you know, mass multimedia, when the news corporations get a hold of it and use it to spread their own agenda or to cover up what's really going on somewhere else, perhaps, or not even, not even try to not let you know about something that happened by just not talking about it on the big news corporation. You know, I agree with you. I think that might be one of the bigger things is, yeah, sure, making ads is important. It makes a lot of money for these folks. But, you know, how much of controlling the message? Well, misinformation is big. If you can distract somebody with wildfires in Australia, then something else over here may not have happened in your mind. Exactly. So, well, I mean, just, you know, we'll probably touch on it later, but like with Moderna, I mean all the money that was to be made by controlling sentiment and getting people okay with some of the government, you know, historic government changes to how they're going to force people to take back by force, you know, kick someone out of their job. I kind of think is. Yeah, forcing. that was, yeah. A hundred percent it is because your livelihood depends on you going to that job and blue collar people. You can't miss a week or you won't have a car payment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I mean, look at the money that they made. It went from like, like 28 bucks to like 400 something. I mean, skyrocketed just a crazy amount of money. Now, I mean, you can think of how much money they made just making regular ads over the years, but boy, controlling the messaging, that paid off for mm -hmm. them. I mean, I understand mm -hmm. there was a pandemic there too, but if people would have revolted and said, hey, we're not all getting this vaccine, if everyone didn't go lockstep, I mean, they wouldn't have made near as much money. They would have well, made a lot, but not nearly as much. Yeah. yeah. But uh, when you can tell everybody, hey, this is the one you need to have to stay alive or to keep your job you're going to be bound for money that, you know what I mean? It's going to, it's going to flow in at that point. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, how many people would say, Hey, I'm going to stop feeding my family. So I can stick to, you know, the point of the matter and stick to my ideals on something. Well, a lot of people might want to be that strong willed, but it's not that easy to just decide not to go to work and not pay your car and lose your car and not pay your house and lose your house and this, that, and the other. So I, I agree with you. You can you can be as strong willed as you like, but ex I don't have any kids and I'm not married. But if you were married and had kids, those are other responsibilities I don't know nothing about. And that's 
more weight on shoulders than I've had to deal with. You know what I mean? But there's, there's no way I'm walking away from my job. I'll say even single people, one of the biggest drivers in their lives is, hey, where are they status-wise? Where, where are they amongst all the other people? And you know, there's a reason why people get these high-paying jobs. It isn't just so they can go work for a soul-crushing corporation, so they can impress the ladies or impress some guy, whatever. You know, they're, Everyone wants to be important in the yeah. eyes of others. I mean, we're not that different than the chimps at their little uh, hierarchy up in the trees, right? You know, what's weird, too, is everybody wanted to be important to people within their circle, their boss or their children or their wife or whatever back in the day. But now people want to be important to not only their circle, but a circle that lives in California or people that live in China because of mass media, multimedia. They can find some niche that they fall into. And now people that are 12 hour time zone different apart are watching your every move. You know, you can get attention from people you've never met, and that's crazy. You got quite a point there, because, I mean, yeah, if we go back to our great-grandfathers, you know, I think yeah, they There was no chance. There was yeah, no, no chance. chance. They weren't worried about how they were looked at by someone five states over. He was just worried about, is he a good person in his local, and I mean local right. community, I mean, As within five square walking miles distance. He lives around, yeah. Yeah, I mean, probably riding a horse, you know? <laughs> Yep. Well, I was just, no, something else just came to mind too. Like the fact that we have Facebook and YouTube now and the, this, the little man can put out a video if he wants oh, or whatever. Game changing. Or, right. So it could be, well, not necessarily that too. How, how does mass, how does the large media companies, how much control do they lose when people in war zones like the Ukraine or something can just record what's going on? And put it on YouTube. And now it's everywhere. And now they can't lie to us about what's going on because we have people that are there that aren't affiliated with them sending us videos of what's really going on. You know, it was ju just a thought. That it, you got a point there. I mean, governments do love controlling the narrative, especially around war, because you'll look at the media from both sides. Apparently, they're both winning. They're yeah. both winning. Oh, yeah, yeah. Both of them will say that they're winners every single time. They don't want to disparage their own people, even if they're losing. Yeah, and here's another surprise, if you listen to both medias. They're both the good guy. Can you believe that? And then the other guy, he's the bad guy. Man, it's so weird. Yeah, it's so <laughs> weird how that works out, right? Oh, yeah. And it's, it's even worse, too, when the person who, I guess, from an outside point of view, is the bad guy, they don't recognize that because to them, they're doing the right thing. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like to Hitler getting rid of everybody that wasn't Aryan was the correct thing to do. To him, doing that was that he was the good guy. But to everybody else... You know, from him to the local crazy guy outside my gas station... There's not, not much difference. difference. Yeah, they both feel they're in the right. Yep. Crazy believes crazy is right. The, the difference is a political career. That's true. Some of them have a little more... Unfortunately, when crazy has much higher status, the damage is obviously... Just worse, catastrophically worse. Catastrophically worse. worse, yes. I noticed on media that there's not a lot of friendly space for male voices, or at least they're not pushed up. And I saw an interesting statistic that kind of brought a lot to light on why that is. And apparently, when it comes to 85% of consumer purchases, it's by women, apparently. And even 75% of all debt is women's debt. So it goes to show women are 
absolutely pivotal in making the large chunk of all financial decisions in the U.S. Well, at least, you know, when it comes to ad dollars, consumer spending. Well, then that would lead me to believe that more commercials were focused towards women, which makes anyways, sense anyways, because women are taking care of children and then there's commercials for children's or all the things that go along with having a children or child. You're, you're correct. We don't have as many, you know, it may be getting better. We're getting more men out there helping with the kids and whatnot. But yeah, you're right. It's still, they're well, winning the majority the on that. Generally, if they're not the breadwinners, if they're, if they're not working, then they're at home, which means that they're the ones going to the store and spending money on food, groceries, cleaning supplies, toys for the kids, blah, 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 clothes, whatever. So it doesn't surprise me that women are the vast, vast majority of people who spend money. But is that is that in like average i don't know i don't know what average yearly income is in the united states but is that in those kind of households or I, lower I or higher it's, it's an average of everything of all consumer spending and so obviously you know a single man spending all the money on himself so inside of a relationship it sounds like you know, the woman would be spending a little bit higher than 85% of the consumer well, spending. Like across the that. board, it's generally women. Yeah. Ads are still a big part of this. And so I, I think they're afraid to bite the hand that feeds. Because if 85% is one demographic, are you, you're, you're not going to go looking for this other 15 You're not going to piss those 85 off to make the 15 happen. Yeah, so I think a lot of the programming is just supposed to just absolutely tailor to them and make them happy. Because you could even look at, say, the stereotypical tv dad you know is this he's portrayed as this incompetent bumbling fool you know this homer simpson style character and, and you, you see it everywhere and they're obviously not apologetic about it but women probably think that's great that's a that's a pretty good you know comedy for them well not not made out to look like an idiot just because you know i guess that makes sense well i don't think anyone wants the character that looks the most like them to be the idiot of the story right. the comic relief right. bumbling fool <laughs> well i guess maybe one type one personality like one type of person the the comic relief type of person. oh they like, might want that but, but like yeah 90 percent of people wouldn't be happy about that you're right that makes sense and i know a lot of people might say hey that isn't really a thing that's not out there oh bullcrap yeah I, I agree with you too i think it's, a lot of it's the proof look at, is it, in look, the at it, look at three quarters of every sitcom that's been on in the past 60 years as a bumbling idiot dad or or a bumbling idiot cousin or the the or or what's the what's the kid I wasn't around for it the kid with the suspenders is that an airplane oh uh, Urkel Steve Urkel so, yeah uh, that, like, they did he, that guy wrong they they screwed him on the show and and they have and afterwards it's definitely not a fake thing males are meant are are, are put out in media a lot to be portrayed yeah. as stupid and to kind of punctuate your point there ChatGPT looks at all the information on the internet up to a certain date. And it's basically just summarizing and figuring out what's most probable. Now, if you want to know what's acceptable, you could, they did a test. So they would ask ChatGPT, tell me a joke about a woman. It would give you a response sort of like, we can't attack a vulnerable group, and this isn't the right thing to do. But on the other hand, if you ask it, hey, tell me a joke about a guy, and it's like, oh, yeah, why not? Here, here's a very uh, disparaging joke about men. Have at it. Well, that leads you to believe that women's, but women are more valuable and less worth making fun of than men for some reason. Yeah, uh, I'd say for a relationship, what? Yeah, 
Yeah, and see the AI, all it's doing is looking at all the information it was given and just trying to find the most probable answer that we well, would want as a human. I don't know. Being that it knows that most humans don't like you saying jokes about women and it's not being it's not mostly accepted through most of the that's media what i was going to say like if you that's were why to it's coming to that conclusion you can't say that about women because most of this media is given you know which i'm calculating my probabilities off of saying yeah you can't do that right that's well i'm sure i'm sure that it's see, the ai has seen a lot of instances on the internet of somebody trash talking a woman and somebody else going that's bullshit you can't talk to a woman that way or something like that some along those lines where women are maybe being defended against somebody who's messing with them or making fun of them. Whereas I don't think that happens as much with men. Just, just being defended just because they're a woman. Guys don't get defended just because they're men very often. But a woman will get defended for being a woman in like 90% of situations. She can get out of it because she's a woman. Yeah, there, there's definitely no short, no shortage of uh, white knights. No. Nowhere. No. No. <laughs> No, there'll be a damsel in distress for anybody who wants one. They're everywhere. You know, and even looking at some of the commercials, like we had the Gillette commercial, which is, they're saying, hey, it's a good message. We're asking men to be better. When you look at the ad, they're basically saying men today are basically the same as the worst men from the 1950s, you know? I mean, I haven't seen some guy in public slap some woman on the bottom that he doesn't know that they're not a couple or that's not their thing. I, I I mean, I can't remember the last time I, I I, actually, I don't remember that. (laughs) Right. Like, and if you do see something like that, that's the kind of thing where you'd just be like, tap your buddy, be like, Hey, watch this dude with me. Something's up with this dude. Sorry. I got Oh No, no, you're fine. Yeah. You're exactly right. I mean, there's always a guy ready to jump up and, you know, help that woman when she's in need. On the other hand, I mean, you could watch, you know, some, you know, daytime talk shows and one of the guests could talk about how, you know, a man is getting hit by his woman and, you know, you'll, they'll get cheers from the audience, which is just kind of sickening, really. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, you shouldn't, re- you, you don't really want physical violence towards either, either party, either party yeah. and that's ridiculous, but it just goes to show that, I mean, one of them is kind of okay. And who yeah. doesn't? Yeah. Well, I mean, just look at the, look at the, probably the arrest records for uh, physical altercations between couples or something. If you, if you took out the ones that you could very easily 100% prove it was the dude, what was left would be still overwhelmingly women winning those cases, as in like the male going to jail and the woman not going to jail, even if there were signs that she was the aggressor. There's, it's just overwhelmingly it's the male's fault, even if he wasn't. Yeah. Is what and I, you know, some of the laws are really strange that like in some states, I was going to say it's stupid that it's different in different states. Yeah, in some states, if the police are called for domestic violence, both people are going. Sometimes it's both, but at one point, one was going to go, and a lot of cases, the cops would stand around and talk the guy into like, "Yeah, I know she hit you, but you need to go. You need to be the man." Oh and yeah, you need instead to go, of which instead of no letting sense. the woman go to jail for something she did, you need to take the fall for. Oh, I don't think so, buddy. I'm not doing that. Yeah, that's that's not making anyone better. That's making her more reliant on you when you guys are getting into fistfights. That's not good. Those relationships need to end, probably. Oh, yeah. And just, you know, looking at a lot of these different male voices out there, like I've never heard Joe Rogan say, hey, we need to get a group of people together, you know, go harm somebody else or, or threaten some other group. But 
boy, some of the, you know, when he says something that's a little bit out of line with the media's narrative, boy, this guy is like toxic masculinity or something like that. It's just, seems absurd well you're not wrong and he gets it, it he he in particular gets that kind of rap because stocky bald tattoos does does did the mma commenting thing does mma trains you know what i mean does the manly man things hunts beef i mean uh, uh elk and so on and so forth um so it, it's real easy for him to get targeted as a toxic toxic masculinity figure if somebody wants to they can just find anything that he does that is even remotely like part of being a man in some way and just be you can attack him for it so it doesn't surprise me that it happened to him is what i'm getting he sure fits that manly man yeah. type like here's some guy who works out he did right. mma eats meat, has his views on things he doesn't have all that upper structure of just different people filtering all of his stuff that's going to go on the show he's unapologetically a man and he does a man show to some extent yeah. and people people don't like i mean that. he's not biased he's not biased that i've noticed you know towards men or women or biased towards men over women because i've watched podcasts with him you know talking to doctors or people that are women and he has no problem taking their advice and listening to him so I, he's definitely not a sexist or anything like that yeah and it's just absurd that the media will just go after about anyone who steps out of line and just so viciously and they'll want that person like they wanted to cancel the guy well if well of course they want to cancel him because he's sucking up all their views and they don't like that you know if they can do anything they can to disparage him by calling him a sexist or a or a toxic masculinity figure whatever you want to call any of that stuff anything they can do to make him look bad pulls views back to them perhaps because they're not watching him anymore and that of course they're going to do that of course they're going to do that I've been looking at the statistics when it comes to how much people trust the media. There's one of them that sticks out like a sore thumb, and that's TV news. Boy, has that been dropping like a rock. Uh, tank, 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 tank. <laughs> yeah, there's this one chart that showed 49% of Americans have very little to no confident, confidence in television news. So that's about half people have little to no confidence whatsoever. Mm. Okay, so 49% little to no confidence. That is, that is lower than I would expect. It, it, well, I guess if you're adding uh, older generations into that study, then I guess that makes sense. But like if definitely if you studied like people my age, 30, 30 or like maybe even 40 and under, they're probably, I would say it's probably 75% and up are like, that's fake news. I think I've seen something similar. I, it's it's, it's got to be way higher than 49%. Yeah, I think trust is just getting crushed you know, for TV news. Yeah, because people now can just be like, mm, that sounds fake and Google it. Yeah. Well, and just you see the overall trend where categories of some trust, you know, high levels of trust or extremely trust or completely trust. Like those categories are just slowly diminishing over the years. And I think a lot of the... Oh, the, the old people are dying that used people, to believe in the government. Say the younger generations over time, aren't becoming a lot more trusting of the TV news either. I think no, they're just we're kind of staying the same. They don't really trust it. And they get older, they still don't, don't trust it, maybe yes. trust it even less. Yeah, I, I would say even less. As they learn, as you get older, you learn more things that the government has covered up or that news, news people have covered up. And now with things like Joe Rogan access to YouTube constantly, you can watch a three-hour-long podcast about why 
uh, this news story is complete bullshit and here's all the evidence to prove it. And the fact that you can do that makes you just look at those, those you know, Fox, MSNBC or whatever, just laughing at them. You're just like, ha, it's trash. You guys are just spitting crap out and expecting me to believe it and nobody does. Well, I think it's kind of like the Jim Cramer situation. People are becoming aware when they're getting played, when mm. obviously they want you to think a certain way, they want you to vote a certain way and buy a certain way. People kind of know they're getting played. I don't know if you're familiar with Jim Cramer. Uh, he's one of the most notorious financial, quote unquote, experts out there. He used to be a hedge, uh, hedge firm manager, and he, he's just known on the internet, especially Reddit, as being one of the worst financial experts. And there's even a fund out there I know that actually picks the opposite of whatever he tells you to do. And I believe it's outperforming the S&P 500, like it's actually successful. Backstory of Jim Cramer. He used to be a hedge firm manager, and there's even an interview where he explained as a hedge firm manager, some people say he was telling how he did it, but um, he's just saying how you could do it, is that you could actually call up, say, a news agency when you need to, you want to buy something at a good price. You don't want to overpay on something. He would tell, hey, uh, reporter guy, why don't you go ahead and put a hit piece out on this company, tell about it's all garbage. So it turns the price tank price tanks. He gets in at a great price. And then over time, it's a good company. The price starts to go up and even gets overinflated to the point. And he's like, well, it's it's definitely not worth this price anymore. It's say a hedge fund manager could tell a reporter, hey, it's like if you could just sing and praise everything about this company for me, uh, how it's just the greatest investment possible, even though it's overinflated right now on the price. You know, I, I'd appreciate that. And so then the reporter would put out some, you know, could could go put out a story saying, hey, uh, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Even though it's a high price, people still need to buy into it. And so he could sell his position and eliminate all that risk of that stock going back down. Mm, so, I was going to say, and then all the stock goes back up because people think it's a good, a good thing and it's not. Yeah. So this is why there's so much suspicion, especially like on Reddit, where people talk about like, hey, all of his picks are terrible. They're always wrong. A lot of people seem to think maybe he's doing that on purpose because he might be the reporter now. He's actually benefiting from it. Yeah, and so these other big companies might be like, hey, we need an exit position here. We need the best price possible for when we sell. Say how great this one is. Or, hey, we need to buy in over here on this other stock. Yeah, we need a good price. So tell how terrible it is. Hypothetically speaking, we don't know any of that for sure, but Reddit does talk. I mean, it makes sense though, doesn't it? What's the What's the... I mean, like, if you really boil it down, it's no different than controlling the market with, like, insider trading information. You know what I mean? Like, you're purposely going out of your way to screw somebody else over with their money and make more money than you should be. They're psychopaths. They don't have any kind of moral filter. So it won't slow them down from, you know, making a quick financial decision that makes financial sense, though. It's just deplorable. And I I think with... With him, it's just awfully suspicious that a fund called the Inverse Kramer, I believe is the name of it, it does the opposite of what he advises. This thing outperforms the S&P 500, mm. which is a good standard for good return. Right. That's just, that is just insane. Not only is what he tells you losing you money, but doing the opposite of what he tells you is making you good money. That's what's crazy about the whole situation. And he's somehow still making money and all that. Oh, yeah. CNBC is a huge network, and even though he's making terrible picks, you know he's still given a platform. Mm-hmm. Like 
which makes no sense unless he's serving some value to somebody, which draws suspicion. Like, how could someone lose this much money and the inverse of this guy make so much money? Or maybe he's got dirt on somebody. Maybe he does. Maybe he's got dirt on somebody. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, the, I think a lot of the younger generation feels, maybe not just with finance, but just a lot of the news and the media in general, they feel like they're getting played, you know, maybe kind of how uh, people are getting played by Kramer. I feel like. I feel like they don't feel like they're getting played. I feel like they know they're getting played. They know. Okay. That's, they, you know what I mean? That's a more fair statement. I don't, I, yeah, yeah. I feel like they know they're getting played. And, that, and that's why we don't watch the news no more. We know it's fake. We know the things you're telling us are just to benefit you, your company, and your silver pocket lining. So it, it, we don't want to listen to it. Yeah. And there have been people like Joe Rogan who have proved things that the news have said is complete and utter bullcrap. That, that throws that, it right in their face right there. Why should we listen to anything you've got to say when this guy right here, who, as far as I can see, doesn't go out of his... He's not lying to everybody. He'll even tell you, hey, I don't know nothing about this but I'd love to learn about it types. It's not going out of his way to make our life or to lie to us about things, but he can prove that you are. Why would we listen to you? Yeah, and I think that's one of the big things too. And people could argue over what's true and what's not true. I know that's been hashed out many times. I think the one thing there is no way to kind of squeeze out of is what is what they say about themselves in court. And I think that is a big tell. And that's really where rubber meets the road when it comes to you know, what's the truth on this and what's the, the truth on that? I mean, we could look at, let's say, uh, CNN and NBC, for instance. They settled out of court with Nick Sandman. I mean, these companies are there to make money. So, I mean, if they hadn't, if they didn't do anything wrong, they probably would have just held them out because they already have these lawyers. Or they just paid them right. with an NDA, though, right? Yeah, so I, I believe there was probably some kind of NDA yeah. um, in that settlement. But just the fact that both of them, you know, settled out of court. And anyone not familiar with the case, a lot of the first broadcast was framed in a way where these high school kids were standing outside some monument and a Native American man, I guess, playing a drum came up and just stood in his face. And I believe Nick Sandman said that he, you know, he didn't approach him. He was just standing there and he just calmly just kept standing there because he thought that was the best way of de-escalating the situation. And that's his take on it. But it was framed in such a way that when we first saw the broadcast, we just see this kid that looks like he's he was, up he in was his the face, aggressor. that maybe he was just trying to intimidate this war veteran Native American man who's just there playing his drum. So, I mean, the way it was framed, you know, obviously wasn't authentic and it just shows, goes to show that we don't have enough villains out there that we have people out there artificially trying to create villains. You know, sex sales. Se you know what, I, oh, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Like drama. Controversy, drama, all that. You're going to get a way more views on a video of two bums fighting in the street, I think, than you would be uh, maybe giving one of those bums to McDonald's or something. Oh, like yeah. That. I don't know what I mean. And I think I've, I've heard kind of something similar with the news anchors say, yeah, I could talk in a normal voice, but when I start yelling, it gets more views. People mm. feel it's going to get more worked up. And I'm sure yep. the ad dollar Everybody's anxiety starts flowing. Oh, yeah. And if the people are worked up, it's something similar with what worked for YouTube and Facebook, all the others. If a worked up person buys more stuff, the ad dollar is worth a lot more if people are buying, even if they're 
upset at the world and it's making them unhealthy and all full, full of cortisol. It's, you know, giving them more fat around their midsection, just destroying their health. Hey, they bought our product, right? Yeah. Doesn't matter. We made our money. Just the hate that some of these networks were generating. There's a film producer named Jack Morrissey. I might be saying that wrong, but he posted a tweet of putting kids into a wood chipper. You know, like, how in the world is that acceptable? Now, he did delete it. He did apologize. You mean like for a joke? Him. Well, he was saying uh, all these, this is where all these MAGA kids need to go. Something to that effect. You know, the picture of kids being put into a uh, wood chipper. Let me show you real quick. Like, I mean, based on context, like you can have a joke about almost anything. Okay, okay well, well, like, like I, I get it, it but it is freedom, freedom of speech. speech. Yeah, it is freedom of speech, but I think from what was moderated in the past was violent and promoting hate versus, you know, one side That's versus it. the other. Obviously, this one is towards, you know, it's, maybe it's, hate towards the Republicans. So yeah. I think there was, you know, why didn't this get more attention for producing hate speech than some of the uh, I think more some of the more vanilla things, you know, from the other side. Cause I mean, literally says MAGA kids go screaming hats first into the wood chipper. And that's just a picture, you know, of a bunch of red coming out of a wood chipper and looks like a child or something being pushed in. But yeah, I mean, it, it just goes to show that they're obviously moderating, you know, what they prefer more so than what is dangerous or not. Well, I believe that maybe Twitter probably would have, I can't remember if Twitter took this down or if it got deleted, but just, I'm talking more to the fact that the rest of the media didn't point to this as like, Hey, this is unacceptable being that they didn't do that. That's my point there. Well, I don't, maybe it's, maybe it's a hot take on the issue, but I don't think it's unacceptable. I think it would be unacceptable if he videoed himself saying, off, we need to take all these MAGA kids and throw them into a wood chipper, especially if he had a product. There's a wood chipper in the background. Even, you know, you know what yeah. I mean? Something like that I could see deeming unacceptable. So that could qualify closer to menacing, where but, you're yeah, purposely like, trying to make someone feel threatened. Right. Like, like, I'm not physical saying, I'm, not saying way, I'm yeah. going to put you in a wood chipper, but then you turn the camera and there's a wood chipper behind you. I didn't say I was going to put you in a wood chipper. You yeah. know what I mean? That I could see being like, you can't do that shit. But yeah, this yeah, is a yeah. drawing. Same, same reason you couldn't, you know, pretend to swing a bat at someone or point a weapon at someone because that would be true menace. Right, exactly. This is no different to me than a satirical yeah. out of a comic strip. Yeah, and I, my point isn't so much of, hey, we need to take everything violent right. off the internet. Like, oh, you I'm can't not a do big that. fan of this one. But my biggest complaint is the uneven moderation okay. of okay, the fair fact enough. that you're hitting one side with this and not but the not. other. Okay. Yeah, and, and for the record, if either party takes control for too long, they're both going to become dictatorships and just terrible people. So, well, you can't, you can't do that. Like I said earlier, obviously everyone's going to argue, hey, this is true or that is true, and everyone's going to have their own view on it. But what's said in court is about as objective as we're going to get. Like if they're arguing on your own behalf, saying, hey, this is what was said and this is what meant by it, like, it doesn't get much more lock solid than that. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of stuck with it at that point. Yeah. And I'm not going not gonna to pull any punches for Fox News either because Fox's own lawyers called Tucker's words as non-literal commentary. He also said a reasonable viewer arrives with an appropriate amount of skepticism. That's basically saying that the news isn't news and we got a guy sitting in front of a table who's going to tell you what he thinks about and a something we told him to talk about. Yeah. 
it's they could say whatever they wanted to at that point. Is it all? It's literally all whatever they wanted to say because what they just said about how it's his opinion or it's or or not his opinion, but what'd you say? Uh, uh, Is everything an opinion piece now? Right. Um, if we can, we slap news on everything and basically call it entertainment. So I'm not liable for what I say. Well, of course, because and they don't want it to be an opinion piece either, because then the person who's speaking is liable for what he's saying, even if the the news is who wants him to put it out there. He's not going to want to get that backlash either. But I guess, I guess he's probably protected too because he works for the people who. And I understand all of them are in a ratings arms race. Everybody's compete with everybody else, and it probably does make a lot more money saying the more outrageous things out and there. People but, will come back and watch. Yeah, but at, at some point, I'm watching a show that has news in the, the title. I I kind of think everything in there, I, I I should be able to know that is news or that's they, where it should be relevant and like real. Yeah, I mean, if they're going to say something's an opinion piece, I think they really need to segregate that out and say, hey, here's an opinion piece, or put it on a show that has doesn't have news in the title. I, I just don't like the fact it has news in the title and it's not news. Right. Especially if if one of the if it's news in in quotes news from one of the larger companies that run all the media. I mean, it's pretty close to propaganda at that point. They can tell you whatever the hell they want to, and and. You can't do anything about it because they run the news. Yeah. Six uh, companies own most of it. You know, there's a lot of billionaires that have their. But what happens if somebody who who has large affiliations with Disney decides he wants to be president? You know what I mean? Definitely would help the campaign having a. Well, well, what kind of conflict of interest is that, too? Is he allowed? Is he allowed to. Do any have any have his name at all on any news that he's associated with because that's a conflict of interest. I, I'm bad with forgetting who owns what corporation, but let's say you know, oh, Disney and ABC. Yeah, okay, well ABC, there you go. So let's say somebody who had huge affiliations with Disney and ABC, by for that matter, I guess, decides that they want to run for president or something like that. Then they is it a conflict of interest for them to go on ABC and and promote their own presidency? That's a good point because I know when they get into actually get I, into I would office, say it probably is somebody has to manage. Yeah, their they can't run their shit no more. Yeah, them, but I'm yeah, not Trump sure had to give up get his in because I mean, when you look at how antitrust laws when it comes to the media softened up, I mean, I guess you're not wrong. Maybe maybe not before he got into office, but still, it would just make me. Yes, it seems unfair. It's like okay, so so not only you don't even have to pay for your campaigning because you already work for the company that runs the news. You know what I'm saying? You just tell your dudes what you want them to say or do or set up for it, and there it is. I think that's one of my gripes with the whole situation. When you have these companies that they're not monopolies, but they're an ogolopoly where mm. they together they still control everything. I think the rules and regulations should be harshest on them yeah. and not the little guy. But it almost seems like a lot of these regulations are just like, hey, look at all these new entrants. I would love to get in, but they can't because we have all this stuff that makes it difficult for them. Do they fight amongst each other? Like, do they really, or are they all kind of working together to hold the amount of power that they all come cumulatively hold? You got to get a point there. I, you know, just me shooting from the hip, I kind of feel like that a lot of them have similar views with some slight variations, except for like with Fox, because I'll say Soros's uh, influence is going to be, his opinions are going to be different than, was it Rupert Murdoch's opinions? You know, so Fox is going to be, kind of the outlier there but now well i mean are they yeah are they sticking together 
for power like the UK. You know what I mean? Like, is it is it pr- protection in numbers, strength in numbers kind of thing? Like, is it, we can't we're not allowed to have a monopoly. There's 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 federal laws against that. We can't break those laws. But what we can do is take three people with mini monopolies or oh, three companies with mini monopolies and have them all, you know, could be a situation. Be, have I think a little powwow. Sounds like you're kind of describing a situation where a lot of the companies that made light bulbs back in the day. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Setting. Yes. And you're not supposed to be price setting, but it does well, work. That, I mean, if you, know, you notice the other guy too. lowering a price, you know, and yeah, it, it's kind of hard to prove that everyone's being awfully nice to each other and not very competitive. Right. You know, so, I mean, you got a point there. I mean, they but are, are, yeah. Are, are they doing that? Are they working together? Are they butting heads with each other? Or is it when they do butt heads, is it just like topical? Is it nothing that really matters? Are they doing it for the media so it looks like they're not getting along? How, we don't know any of that. Any, that's, Due to a lot of the people who own these and the different sister companies and other companies, the people who own stock in these have some influence on it, being that a lot of them probably have stuff in a lot of the same stuff. I'm pretty sure they probably help each other out. I mean, because I mean, if, if your investors and my investors very similar in what they're invested in like yeah i would think that both of those media companies almost be working in lockstep yeah you i mean you would think for their own benefit that they would be but at the same time you would kind of hope that they're butting heads with each other because in it would maybe keep them from monopolizing something in some way or making it harder for you if they were if if two out of the three larger corporations were arguing with each other because one of them actually didn't like what was going on as far as three people running 90% of media, If then that might be a good thing for people. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, the free market really punishes the bad, bad players where mm-hmm. one of the other companies can just go grab up a bunch of market share when one, one of them isn't providing what the people want. I think that's a great thing. I think the even better part is when a new entrant can come in and really change the whole landscape and right. really teach them a lesson when they're not doing what they should be doing. You know, I think that is a good thing. I think, unfortunately, you know, with regulation and just a few companies being able to own so much of the pie, it gives them some ability to kind of squeeze out the little guys to some effect. Like here would be an example. Well, that's a monopoly. Yeah. So here's kind of an example. You know, you we really I feel like we should be protecting the new entrants, and you know, we should make it you know, we should make it harder on the bigger companies that are, you know, buttoned up against antitrust. Uh, but here, here would be an example where in MSNBC, you know, in Comcast, were accused of defaming One America News. So in the court case, they were looking at how Rachel Maddow had actually said, really, literally, is paid Russian propaganda. That's what she said when she was talking about One America News. She said, They are, she basically said there, really, literally, is paid Russian propaganda. So she used the word literally as an actually is, not that she's being... It wasn't alliteration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. why would you use that word literally unless you meant it literally? And this actually got, this case got uh, dismissed. And I think that, I don't think that's, I mean, maybe it got dismissed on some other grounds, but boy, for what she said, I mean, I think that... that company should be punished for that. I mean, you're but kicking, she, off, you're kicking a, a smaller player there. Yeah. Oh, 100%. She wasn't... That was a defamation. You know what I mean? That was that was not, um, like, 
it, it wasn't very cordial. You know what I mean? Like you, you were going out of your way to say something hurtful about another, about a company. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that not hurting viewership. All right. And just especially with the clout that she has. What you know what I'm saying as far as clout goes compared to one American news. Even if you do uh, an opinion piece, you can't just say anything. Like if you're saying literally, you're basically saying, hey, I'm stepping out of the opinion and this is what this actually right. is. And I some of that is probably fault of these recent generations of people using the word incorrectly repeatedly. But I, I still just don't think that's defensible. It, it very well, it could have been, I guess. It's a common some, speech pattern some, where people some, say yes, like, and yes, then they yes, throw out a yes. literal. And oh, so it could have just been like, it was literally the biggest wave I've ever seen in my life. You know what I mean? And that it may not have been the biggest wave, but that girl's going to say that because she thinks it makes her sound better or something. For I, I'm not saying that's how it, what happened with her. Okay, but, so it could be a little bit of the Valley Girl stereotype where you see a it was literally the best night ever type shit. Yeah, where someone mistakes the literal for meaning, hey, this was uh, very of high importance right, and right, you should right. take notice for versus, versus actual meaning literal. this actually means this is this thing and we're not, this isn't a fish story. Right. This is actually how it is. Well, yeah, you know, along the lines of somebody going, I'm literally going to die not from laughing or something. No, you're not. You're not yeah, literally yeah, that, going that, that to one die. Would be pretty obvious. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I just devil's advocate here. Could have been something goofy like that, but somehow I doubt it. Yeah. I just hate the fact that they're uh, kind of kicking the little guy in this situation. And they let it happen. And it was allowed to happen. <laughs> As you were saying earlier, the younger generation seems to be on to what is happening to them, you know, with the media trying to take advantage of them. And I think one of the things to look for is, like, are we getting actual systemic changes or are they just getting us all worked up and running around in circles and just kind of wasting our own energy? And I think one of the things to kind of look at this is follow the money. If there's money to be made, are they expecting us to behave a certain way only for that period of time that makes them more money? And I would point to, say, like the Iraq war, when there was money to be made, the media protected Muslims. Like, you don't want anyone saying anything terrible about, about any group. But nowadays, I hear them saying terrible things about different Muslims, you know, all, all the time if it doesn't fit their narrative. And I think, you know, it is wrong to say anything uh, that you want to see harm to anybody, you know, at any, any point. But just the fact that, you know, we pulled out of Iraq for the most part, and there's no money really to be made there. And now all the money seems to be about like, hey, the military and industrial complex there in Ukraine right now. So you can't say anything bad about Ukraine or any of their people. So I think that's the current bad. I think we see that throughout history. I mean, what, what are some of the ones that you see? What's the current financial fad, you know, that the media companies are controlling the message for so someone can make some good money? Well, I don't know about, I guess, I, it's hard for me to tell because I don't watch me, I don't. I don't have news. Don't watch the news. I don't have the news. I, I don't even have TV. Like if I'm going to watch something, it's I'm streaming something, oh, okay. or YouTube. Yeah, I don't have TV. One of them I kind of noticed in particular would be obviously around COVID on YouTube. If you said the hmm. word COVID, you're very likely to get demonetized. They're not going to recommend your videos as much, and they're going to try and basically bury it because they want to control that message. Everybody needs to get the vaccine. And there was a lot of money to be made there with Moderna, you know, going from something like 
$28 to over 400 something dollars, making 1600%. Like that's a lot of money. And by kind of controlling the message, they can allow the politicians to take these huge actions, say, Hey, everybody needs to get this vaccine, you know, or else you're fired, you're kicked out of the military, we'll close down your business, you know, or whatnot. You know, I, I, I don't care how good of a commercial you can put out there, you know, nothing commercial wise Moderna could put out there is going to increase the stock price 1600% in less than mm -hmm. a year. No, that would be the media telling everybody you need to do this. You're going to get sick if you don't do this, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, I mean, even if, yeah, controlling that message for, you know, you know, trying to make sure as many people as possible get that vaccine. And there's very few that, you know, basically forcing people to get that vaccine. Well, yeah, yeah. They're going to make a lot more money that way than, you know, putting out, putting out ads. Well, and they're, they're, they are to some degree forcing people because you are going to lose your job in some cases if you don't get this vaccine. But it's like some people would say, oh, well, there's a choice right there. Go work somewhere, somewhere else. That's not always viable. What if, you're, what if you're 60 and you've been working at the same place for 30 years doing the same thing and you don't have any other skills? Or you're too old to put your other skills that you do have to use, you know? Or uh, well, then, 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 then you don't have a choice. Then it's get the shot or lose my job and not eat, and, you know? Yeah, and how many people would lose their job for just about anything? I mean, that's... That's how you provide for yourself. You provide for your family. You know, maybe your maybe that's your passion. What you want to do in life, like that's a you know. People say, well, it's just a job, but you know, it's not just a job. It's not. It's not when you're when you've got a billion dollars in the bank or a million dollars in the bank, and you want to take a week off. You can just do it. You know what I mean? You can just or you can pay somebody take care of this for me. I'll be back in a week. Other people don't have that option. You're sick for three days, and you might not pay your rent that month. Yeah. You know? And let's say that you wanted to talk about the lab leak theory with, with COVID. I mean, you would have been called, you know, false news. You would have been demonetized. You might have been canceled or kicked off certain platforms or your videos would definitely not be promoted. And, and when there was money to be made, you couldn't say that. But now we have the FBI chief, uh, Christopher Ray, saying that the China lab leak is most likely. So we have something that the FBI, you know, you know, the chief of the FBI is saying, hey, uh, this is, you know, the most likely thing. But yet we couldn't even discuss or look into it and talk about it, you know, on any kind of media platform. But he can say that. Yeah. Or he, he can say it now. You know, I guess Moderna doesn't have a whole lot to profit right now from it. But boy, they had a lot there. You know, and all the other different uh, vaccine companies had a lot to, you know, to make of it. Dang. And they did. They, they gained a lot. And I wonder, too, if some of the media uh, going silent on some of this stuff, you know, or just never even giving any kind of word about, hey, this could be a lab leak. It really, really makes me uh, suspicious. Yeah. And the fact that Fauci was involved with the funding of that lab there at Wuhan, you know, that is awfully suspicious. Awfully peculiar, yes. You know, and... It, it kind of makes me wonder, like, you know, if he had a, a good part into that, you know, video game wise, if you're responsible for 7 million people dying, is that not the best modern day KDA you've right. heard of? Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I'm going back to like dictators of the past to find numbers that big. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or, uh, 
I mean, that's just just an age of empires. Yeah, I mean, and it all depends whether there's money to be made. Because I know, you know, even when Black Lives Matter was a much bigger thing, and there was money to be made there, no one could say anything about the Black Lives Matter Foundation, and you know, and really, the name shouldn't be Black Lives Matter. It should be all Black Lives Matter because those three ladies who kept all the money, like I'm sure they're great, but what about all? They're not the, all black people, though. Well, yeah, yeah. What about those families who lost, you know, a family member and they're just suffering? I mean, shouldn't some of the money have gone to them? I mean, where, you know, where's your bleeding was heart? Was there no? I don't know. I mean, for all, I don't know. Was there a charity we don't know about that got some of the money, or did it just go to the? Um, basically, it sounded like those three bought um, some mansions to, uh, you know, basically, I believe what they say is that was supposed to be an area used to spread awareness for Black Lives Matter and the you cause. Mean, you mean a large house that I can live yeah, in? Yeah, so basically an influencer house. Oh, okay, they yeah. they get to live there, too. Yeah, genius. But they were saying that that was the primary purpose for this. It's like, hey, this is still charitable because we're using this to stop hate and to uh, promote this loving message of acceptance everywhere. But, you know, it just seems like, boy, it would have been nice if, you know, some of these suffering families, like, literally had family members who had passed. Right. Yeah, you know, I'm Maybe sure they could have funeral come, or something. Play, pay for a funeral, help console people or something. But, yeah, it just seems so brutal. And then at the time, if you said anything about it or just even questioned the foundation, you know, a lot of these platforms were... We're not having it. They did not want to well, hear people it. People in general call you a hate group if you ask, like, "Hey, why aren't we giving some of this money to these suffering families?" You know, people. I think, I think there's been an adverse reaction to anybody who says anything other than Black Lives Matter. <clears throat> if you say, I've heard people say All Lives Matter and get screamed at. You know what I mean? I've heard, I've heard uh, people say Blue Lives Matter and they get screamed at. You know, which and just it, seems ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's all ridiculous. ridiculous. Like, well, uh, it's just so ridiculous that they control the message so much that, like I'm saying, all Black Lives Matter, even the ones beyond those three, you know, that would have been, you know, considered hate speech at one. Well, point. and or if I was to say all lives matter, then I'm not focusing enough on the Black Lives, and it's wrong of me to not do that. Yeah, and that's because they're not going to make enough money off of that, you know, for that particular foundation, and just. And plus, it's good for the media because it stirs people. I was going to say, I just mean watching. socially. Like, it would be good for media because socially, like, you know, back in the uh, uh, back in the day, <laughs> a little while ago, you would say you could get on the internet and say all lives matter, and you would get screamed at by people who would say that's racist. You don't care about black people because you didn't say black lives matter, which is just ridiculous. And that's that's ridiculous. You're trying to tell me that all doesn't include black? That doesn't make any sense. But yeah. just because I didn't specify you, I'm wrong. And plus, they're kind of leaving groups out there, too. I mean, even, you know, what about all the kids there who are, you know, part black, part white, or mm. part black, part something else? Mm. I mean, boy, it kind of, you know, if you, all lives matter, you're really kind of saying, hey, kids, uh, half of you doesn't matter. Right. right. Yep. yep. Yeah. 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 If you, if you get on to somebody for saying all lives matter instead of black lives matter, what about the mixed kids? Yeah, and I, I think I just hold contention with the fact that they controlled the messaging so much and you were going to be penalized so quick mm. for anything that didn't just make that group more money or you know anything that brought people together, you know, that was a big no-no because that's just not good for media to drop a lot more views. And I think it was just a big money play is what it, it looked like it was. 
Very well could have been. You know, and like I said, you really kind of have to follow the money with these things. And I think there's a an odd deafening silence out there when it comes to some of these other different things. And people will say, hey, this is Republican, this is a Democrat thing. No, this is really you know, those with you know, the money and those who don't. People who have a lot of stuff invested and people who don't have almost anything. Mm. You know, they want to control the media because that's what's going to make them the most money and they want to control the messaging with it. You know, for instance, we have all this talk about, hey, you need to give up your air conditioning because, you know, this is producing more CO2 for the electricity for that thing. But oddly, you know, private jets and mega yachts, those produce a ton of CO2. You don't hear much. It's just oddly quiet in the media with that, isn't it? Well, even, oh, for sure. I and mean, even if, even if you walked up to somebody who just stepped out of their private jet and been like, how can you, how can you, how do you dare fly this, all the CO2 that comes out of this? You know, they give you an answer. Oh, I got to go to this meeting and make my money. And the jet allows me to get across the country in an hour. Awfully convenient. Of, I don't have to, awfully convenient. I don't have to wait two days to go by train or to wait to have a Zoom call or blah, blah, I'll just fly there. That's awfully convenient for you. But what about everybody else? on the? We don't get that luxury. And if we had it, there wouldn't be any earth left. Well, it's just so much of the talk is like, hey, we need to go ahead and just clamp down on the, uh, you know, middle class and the lower class. I mean, where's the. Shouldn't the upper class, if they're ones making these demands, shouldn't they be, you know, making, you know, paying for it? Yeah, shouldn't they be paying yeah. for it? Shouldn't they make should be making some sacrifices as well? You know, it's just like you know, the proof is in the pudding. The multi-housing debate in your neighborhood, rich people, they don't want multi-family housing in their mm, neighborhood. No, that's just going to bring down the value of their house. You know, that's the last thing that they want. But they'll chime in all day and long, like, "Hey, we need to increase." Uh, taxes on everybody to help all these poor people on the streets. Like, well, I mean, if they're all single family homes and you're the one forcing all these zoning issues, making your own house artificially prop up in price, well, that's not very fair. All right. How is that going to, how that's a, it, kind of the opposite of what you literally just said. If you want, we, you want us, everybody, everybody to pitch in on taxes and help out the poor people, but you don't seem to want to do it yourself. Yeah, I mean, anytime I go buy something at your establishment, you're like, hey, would you like to donate to the poor? I'd be like, you're the same person who said, no way, you cannot build multifamily housing. You know, but that makes me think you're dumping that tip jar in your pocket at the end of the night anyways. Yeah, and I always wonder, you know, on some of that stuff too, I wish it would tell you how much of the money actually gets to the said charity and how much of it actually went to promotion and right. paying people with that. Yeah, because yeah, if, if somebody said, hey, do you want to donate a dollar to this charity, oh, but wait, only five cents is going to go to the charity. The other five cents is for the 11 middlemen between you and the charity. And I'm not giving my five my dollar to that charity. It sounds like you're probably on to what should probably be a law that it should state in bold print, like, hey, here's the percentage that gets to this and to that. Well, that. if you're donating money to a charity, that money should go to help the charity, period. Not somebody who you work for the charity that's charitable, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I don't. It's really hard for me to justify paying somebody to work for a charity. That's true. It's really because then because then we run into situations where we're at now, where now money that would go for if I gave you ten thousand dollars to the food bank, they're not going to spend ten thousand dollars on food. They're gonna they're gonna have to pay the people that run the counter and then put. I mean, I get it. They might need it for electrical bill or blah, 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 blah. But paying somebody to work there, 
is just odd to me. Or paying a majority of that money to go ahead and advertise to get more people to donate yes. more money. And so, I mean, it just has a that compounding like effect a... of how much waste is built into that process. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and you're not wrong. You're doing the same thing over. You keep running the same commercials and making new commercials and blah, blah, blah. That's money you could have spent actually helping people. And instead, it got spent on paying the cashier or running the commercial to get other people to come in and drop stuff off at Goodwill. Yeah, and so much of that is so deceiving. I know when a pizza person delivers some, according to some of the people I was listening to on Reddit, it sounds like that pizza delivery fee mm -hmm. doesn't go to the driver. No. no, I don't think so. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, I am paying money for a delivery fee. It doesn't cost them any more. Like, that guy is paying for his own vehicle. I've heard in some situations... Maybe they'll give them a little bit extra something if it's way out there. But the people on Reddit were saying, like, yeah, that basically almost never happens. Yeah, like, I worked at a pizza. Happens. That's how it is. Like, if you, they're kind of treated like servers. You know what I mean? They make way little monies per hour, um, and they basically make what they make in tips plus a couple extra bucks. Yeah, I think legally speaking, if they don't make enough in tips to match minimum wage, you know, with their regular wage then they have to bring them up to it. But, right. you know. But that's trash, though. Anyway. That's trash, though, because, yeah, well, you're not wrong. You're not wrong about that. But it's it's also trash because, like, that means that any tip money I got is going to go towards making up a normal size paycheck that I should get in anyways. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the tips are there because I don't make that money. So how can you add that to that count for that money? I would agree with you that there's a general expectation that with tips that I'm not going to be I'm not reporting near this. minimum wage. I'm going to be a couple bucks over that easy. Right. You know, is the general expectation, you know, once the, you put in wages and tips together. And I was going to say, what is the most insidious thing that you've heard about in the news, but parts of it have been, have been just oddly silent? What would be the most oh epstein thing. epstein okay i yeah. agree i agree 100 epstein because that's just goofy there's about a million and a half different things that don't bloody make any sense well i just i look out at the all the stuff i see in the media i see you know outrage pieces here and there and i'm thinking boy it doesn't get any worse than hey an island of you know children getting abused you know in the worst ways and we hear oddly very little about it, especially like where's the investigations into a lot of these people odd, on though? the lists? I think that's why it's not odd because of the people on the list have connections to the people who are either supposed to do the investigations or the people who are supposed to put the stories out. And it just doesn't, you know what I mean? Like if somebody on that list is connected to Fox, that's never going to come across Fox's table. They're not going to do that. Then because then they're throwing themselves under the, throwing themselves under the companies board. yeah or a movie a movie company if there's actors on the list they don't want people to know especially a-list actors if you've got an actor on that list and somebody goes oh my god he was diddling kids on an island their their movies actor are makes quick. you a lot of money yes you, know, you got to control that yep no more movie no more money that message and keep it oddly quiet and i'm yeah. sure i'm wondering how a lot of those different stories probably get pushed down a little bit of, from the independent oh a lot yeah and you know and yeah, it's kind of funny because if it makes rich people look bad, you won't hear anything about it. Sure. But then if you have someone out there, let's say like Bernie Madoff, I mean, they did go after that guy because he made rich people 
you know, they made him look bad. They made him look they don't greedy like you know, because he was cooking the books. Uh, if people aren't familiar with him, uh, he was taking all this investment money and he was reporting, you know, so much in profits. And so, you know, and he would give out the dividends, but you know, he wasn't actually, the investments weren't making those actual dividends. So what he would do is he recruit more people to invest in him and he'd take that money coming in and then he would pay that out as in, you know, help pay out the dividends to everybody else. But that's not a sustainable method. If you're a invest- Ponzi scheme, is that what yeah, it's called? Yeah, it was called? a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. So he, he was lying about the numbers the whole way through. So they weren't actually making the money he said they were. So there wasn't the actual money to pay out in those dividends. So he just kept lying and bringing in more people and bringing in more people to help pay those dividends. So he kept accumulating more people he had to pay dividends to, which is not right. sustainable. And he just couldn't pull enough people in there at the end and it all fell apart. Well, it's kind of Ponzi schemes are kind of an exponential landslide. You know what I'm They're saying? They're always temporary. Yeah, yeah, yeah because exactly. you got to find new people to pay off the old people. And you just keep doing that. But eventually, those old people, the original people are going to, you know, if it's a monthly return thing, then you have to find more people every month to pay back the monthly returns for the old people and the new people. You're gaining liabilities you need to pay every every time you gain people. Yeah, Yeah, every single month. Yeah. Like the, 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 not only is the number of people you're dealing with increasing and that you have to pay back increasing, but that, number increases every month even if you don't add new people because you have to pay back the monthlies from the people you added last month yeah the, those yeah the people that you've had for a long time you're still paying that dividend paying now that dividend, yep. but they're not bringing in a whole lot new money so or that any, you've probably already spent so you just yeah. bring in new people to find new money basically eventually you just can't do it anymore it's not sustainable yeah and some of that stuff like is kind of interesting that humans when they try and report numbers, there's some algorithms out there that are pretty good at catching, you know, some of these Ponzi guys. When you're, when someone's cooking the books, they think they're being random in certain ways, but they're really not. And a lot of people like him, let's say if someone's reporting, you know, a price of something, you know, say profits and says saying like 19 million, it sounds so much better to say 20 million. Right. These people will artificially uh, round up way too often on the good things to make them sound better. And, you know, the algorithm starts to pick up that, hey, these aren't organic. These aren't They're not what we would usually expect. Right. And even when they come up with, say, just a purely random number, even if it's neutral, good or bad, a lot of times they'll, people won't put enough of the same number beside itself. They won't put an 8.8 8 or a 2.2 2 or a 6.6, 6, mm. whatever it might be. Because they think it doesn't look random enough. Yeah, it doesn't look random enough when you're looking at it. But well, you never you can't put two thousand twenty grand in there either because you're going to be like, how come this isn't a good nineteen thousand three hundred and forty three? Yeah, they might put you know, you know, twenty grand, one hundred thirty seven, whatever it might yeah. be. Yeah, and that and that's one of the problems too is that how we perceive random numbers doesn't always pan out to random numbers, and so yeah, we don't we don't double up numbers or triple up numbers enough, and that's one of the things that will be a tell and help people figure out, hey, this guy's cooking the books, right? Because that instances of that never happens ever. Or like if they don't ever happen, I could see somebody going, oh, like statistically, you would have a couple of double or triple numbers in your books and you have none. That makes us, oh, that yeah, leads yeah, us to, leads us to believe that you've made this up. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I hear a lot of people out there seeking solutions and a lot of people say, hey, we just need to have more moral people and we need this and that. I mean, that might be part of it. But you can't if- rely on that only though. Yeah, yeah. If we don't have, you know, systemic changes in how things work, you know, the bad people will act more bad. The good people won't have that extra 
a little umph to say, hey, you know, keep acting good and act even better. And I, I think we need to look at, like I said, we need to look at things systemically, you know, and if, you know, our antitrust laws don't have any bite in them anymore and these, you know, six companies can kind of just run the show, I, you know, I think that's kind of setting us up for failure. Oh, 100%. They, can, they get to do whatever they want with whatever information they want. Yeah, I remember Google saying, hey, everyone needs to use their name on the internet and that'll get people to act better. And maybe that helped a little bit, but what they found out, it didn't really help a noticeable amount of where they, you know, talk about it because people were still acting terrible to each other. You know, I say if I'm driving down the road, you know, and I, you know, someone cuts me off or does something and, you know, the, if someone gives someone the, the finger on the road, you know, gives them the bird, it doesn't mean that, hey, they only did that because they didn't know that other person, you know, they did that because there's no consequences. Oh, yes. Yep. Because there's no consequence. Yeah, they probably would have done it even if they knew the other person if they weren't going to get in trouble for it. If the other person couldn't see them or something like that, you know what I mean? They'd still probably do it because they're pissed off, but there's no consequences, so why not? Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing I kind of hate when it comes to with kids. You think that snotty little kid on the other, on Xbox Live, do you think he, if you know his name, he knows your name, do you think he's going to instantly become a good, you know, citizen and a good person who's going to be kind and uh, respectful of everybody else. Like, no, no, he's going to say the same terrible things he was going to say anyway. Yes. And now he's just going to call you by your name or, or, or some slandered version of your name. Oh yeah. Now he can use your name against you. Yes. You know, it's, it, he, that's, that's just one more weapon to add to his arsenal. <laughs> and I think a lot of this boils down to if the government can pick winners and losers and it has that power. Well, heck yeah. A lot of these big, big companies, they're going to get more involved in politics. I think yep. that's the big thing. Is yep. You know, I think the bigger the company is, you know, more regulation should be on them than say the the new entrants. We should be encouraging more different sources. And kind of brings me to a new point. When you see a lot of these companies absorb a lot of these other little companies, they don't usually just add their name to it. Like you know, ABC isn't called Disney News. You know, a lot of the, and especially these really small you know news outlets, they keep all these other these original names. So it gives this false impression that, Hey, you know, you have many different sources. And I think it'd be interesting if a company is rather large when they acquire these other different companies, they should force all these smaller news outlets to be under the same branding name. Right. You know? Such and such powered by Disney or something. Yeah. As opposed to having all these different, you know, news out local news outlets, news channels that look like they're different. You know, well, different con- names. They should maybe they should all be Time Warner News. It's confusing to the average person because you could just like brands owned by larger brands in a grocery store, you could easily get confused and think that oh, I'm not going to watch this news because they're run by these people, but I am going to watch this one, and you don't actually know that they're both owned by the same person. Yeah, I and mean, how many of our decisions are influenced where we purposely seek out other different people? What are these people on Reddit saying? Hey. You know, what did my, you know, what does my brother think of this? Or, you know, what do my friends over here who's in this industry think of that? And, you know, and if we think we're talking or listening to different people, we feel more confident about something, maybe, maybe something we shouldn't be confident about. And it kind of makes me also wonder on the social media side of things, like Elon had purged something like 1.5 million bots, I think, when he took over Mm. Twitter. That's so many bots. That is a lot of bots. That's a lot of bots. And you think about it. How many 
conversations and just interactions on Twitter do you think like, hey, these are all real people when what if you were peer pressured by a bunch of bots or or what if both sides of the argument where you think you're getting both sides, one of them's a, a bot in favor and the other one's like a straw man bot right. you know, making you thinking you're here on the other side, but really it's perf- purposely just a, a light hitter and you're not getting the both, whole story. They're both controlled by the same side of the, you know, red or blue or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, one team controls both, both, both bots sides, yeah. and can purposely sway you one direction or the other while still not looking because suspicious because... They still, you know, they're playing their own devil's advocate. Yeah, if you're hearing it from multiple sides, you could be fooled into thinking, "Hey, this sounds like an organic conversation." Mm. I think I've heard what I need to hear, and really, the on the bots have you know played us like a like a fiddle. Yep. I mean, it just uh, it, it makes you wonder. Like we don't have everything that they knew, but it does make you make you wonder. As we as as we mentioned earlier, with six company companies, it's kind of like an ogalopoly. You know, it's not one company owning all of it, and we have six companies that do control, you know, pretty much everything. Uh, I don't know if for people who've played Monopoly, as you know, as there's fewer and fewer players, boy, does it get way more lucrative for the people still in. And yes. obviously the guy who's last man standing, you know, gets everything. And I think it either gets way more lucrative or way more costly. Yeah. And so it it it's why we probably need more entrance into the market. And that's why I think Twitter is just a real pain in their rear right now because they've owned so much of the media, you know, space out there. I mean, there's been a big rush of, I think it's something like 35% of people now get their news from YouTube. And now you have people, you know, getting a lot of their information from Twitter because it's more open than it used to be. Like that's a real, real pain for them when you're trying to control the message. Like last thing you want is, you know, splintered, you know, different voices saying different things. You want everyone talking the same language. Kind of like we were mentioning earlier, those videos where they're all talking off of the same script verbatim on those uh, 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 TV news stations. Well, like you mentioned in the very beginning, it's, it's, uh, it's like a propaganda and they're mad that they don't get to put it out anymore. They still get to put it out, but they're mad that people aren't forced to listen to it anymore. Yeah, that they're not the only player in town. And, and let's imagine, say, if it went from six down to three the value for each one of those companies i mean it's not just additive like hey you know it didn't double because we have you know you know twice as much of the market being that there's less to you know say anything contrary the value of message is just exponentially greater it's, mm. it's kind of like being a king or a dictator right. you're the only voice around the king owns everything. Yep. You're the only voice. You're the only one people listen to. Yeah. And when you go to democracy, like, well, you know, no one has everything. It's all split up, which is the way, you know, it should be. But I think with the, the big thing of this, you know, like you know, people always are like, hey, it's Republican or, or Democrats, you know, fighting each other. And really, this is, you know, people with power wanting more power, you know, financially speaking, more so than it is a political thing. You know, they you know, they more own the politicians than the other way around. Mm. Yeah, because the politicians can't do any of their propagandaing without the news, the multimedia companies. Do you, do you think a, a rich person would want to be at, you know, the Congress or the Senate? Like, no, no, they'd rather be doing other things. So yes. The people trying to get rich or, you know, people going in, you know, hopefully some of them, you know, some of them are trying to make a difference, but yeah, yeah a lot of them are also trying to, you know, pad their bags while they're there. 
just as we were mentioning, social media has been exploding with its influence. You know, like we said, 35% of people get their news from YouTube and looking at other different sources. These platforms are becoming more valuable and more, more critical to people getting their news, especially for the little guys. You know, anyone can give their opinion on that. I think we have to look at how much we moderate on a lot of these different platforms. Let's say, you know, like a news agency will have an editor in chief will decide what gets in what doesn't get in. And when it comes to editing, what gets edited the most is obviously the thing that never got in. It got completely edited out of, a, out of existence. Right. So yeah, a lot of these platforms, they can you know, de-platform you, they can demonetize you, they can stop you know, pushing you in the algorithm so you'll get no visibility, or you could be completely shadow banned where no one sees you and you only think that you're interacting with other people. You know, they can do all these different things to hurt you. And I think we need to be real careful with this. And a lot of people will, will go out there and say, hey, these are private companies. They can do whatever they want. Well, not necessarily. They have Section 230 protection. And for people not familiar with it, it would be unreasonable for a bookshop owner to have to read every single page of every book that they're selling because you know they shouldn't be held liable for everything that's said because that's just not reasonable for them to read every single page, every single word. That kind of makes sense. Or you know, say like your phone provider, they shouldn't have to be responsible for every word that's said across there. That goes down to the user, and that makes sense. Now with two thirty, you know that makes sense for internet companies because they shouldn't be responsible for everything that's said on the internet. My question is, how much moderation is going on? Because they're not just moderating to what's legal and what's not legal, and they can have some preference here or there. And a lot of this is supposed to be in good faith. But boy, a lot of it almost seems kind of like a, uh, like a newspaper where you have an editor-in-chief saying, hey, this is a go and this is a no-go. Well, and if it's an indie, like an independent... Oh, my, sorry. Sorry. Uh, if, it's a, if it's an independent kind of media sourced in it you know might have a little better a little easier time getting the stories that actually mean something and not just some bs but if it's if it's controlled by one of the larger ones you're just you're just going to get the bs because they don't even want you to hear specific things and nothing bad against them or any of their people so yeah you're right if it doesn't follow with their message they can just tell you like no we're going to go ahead and no, we're not this video. we're not going to do that story yeah i kind of like with the lab leak uh theory you know fbi said yeah this is most likely but uh, well, now we're not allowed to talk about it. Yeah, back then you couldn't talk about it. You know, they had a right to you know almost deplatform you at that point because you were just some extremist. You know, who wasn't following it, falling in line. And I, I, I know two thirty is set up in a way so that way these internet companies can work in a certain way. But I think the amount of moderation should be in question. Where, yeah, if you know, I'll say it, if you know if someone's more leaning Republican, you're going to get hit hard on some of these platforms way mm. more than if you're leaning left. Yeah. And it shouldn't be that. I think Section 230 uh, protections should be uh, in question for some of these companies, and they should be forced to be more fair and biased. Because when you look at the media landscape, you have all these big players that can crush and silence the rest of us. If there's anyone to protect, it should be the little guy. Yeah, you would think, right? Yeah, you know, and I think that we need to have, we need to change legislation to protect them more so than the big guy they especially control indie media like people who put out indie media if if they if they could easily be overthrown or squished by one of the bigger ones if they say something one of the bigger ones doesn't like you know what i mean 
they could they could say something and then and then Disney goes, oh, that's libel, that's slander. You can't say that about us. And what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Fight Disney and their infinite money in court? Yeah. Good yeah. luck. Or if they just don't like, even even if they just don't like what you say, it doesn't fall in line. Think of all the things they can, they can demonetize you. Mm. They can make sure that you don't grow and they don't show it. People, if you're never gonna about, get on these TV channels. They're talking about how mysteriously just subscribers just start dropping off in weird numbers. I've heard of a lot of strange things from different YouTubers, and mm. it sounds like. If they don't like you, they hold all the control, and it shouldn't be that way. No, it shouldn't be. Not at all. With a lot of the new innovations and just technology becoming cheaper in general, it'd be interesting some of the things that they could do. I think all of us would like to have more cameras on politicians while they're working. You know, Our employers have cameras on us all the time. Yeah, wouldn't mind a little more documentation of any lobbying activity, You know, you know anything that would immediately flag it a conflict of interest. I think these would be all good things. And these are things that I think these are all things that we would like to see more of. And it just, I don't know why we don't hear more from other people pushing for this. Um, I'm well, I don't know the cop thing and how they don't, no one likes being watched. (laughs) Oh yeah. You're not wrong. Like, uh, you can't, especially when you're a cop, you need to have that body camera on because it protects you protects the people but they definitely don't like doing it they don't think a lot of them don't think they should have to oh definitely but i mean you're you're a public servant and the public wants you to be cameraed so i don't understand what the issue is oh yeah you know kind of like going back to the black lives matter thing Mm. boy just the the stats are pretty clear on that that when it cops are wearing their cameras you know the complaints about cops go down 93 percent. i believe even the complaints of the you know the cops of the suspect go down it's a win-win you know like why is no one talking about this because it, it, you that know makes you're sense. out there solving problems you're not making any money and you know making enough drama for the for the media you know and i kind of see this the same thing no one likes being watched i mean the the police unions they don't want to be watched they didn't like the idea of putting cameras on their cops they were there a lot of them were against it well and most of the time i guess i would be too because you would think you just want to have good workers you know what i'm saying but the fact that you're a public servant and your job is our safety if that that gives you power over us that you should not you cannot take for granted or use for your own good you know what I mean? Like, or for, for your own pocket lining or whatever, what have you. Because you have a power over citizens that we can't do anything but trust you with because we need that job. We need a cops to be there. You're right. I mean, there's a very critical job, especially if they're, a, you know, like with a politician, they're handling so much money for us, so much trust. Mm. And we can't be watching every, you know, we can't be watching everything on the news all the time, but there's a lot more documentation and just video of everything, we can go back and confirm the stuff we want to know. And, you know, with a lot of the other technology, I think it'd be interesting, too, that when it comes to where something comes from a particular source, you know, with cryptography, we've been using it for so long for stuff like this. This would be perfect for that, where we could verify different sources if there was a platform out there for keeping track of a lot of these different things. I think the, the Wayback Machine is kind of great, where you can go back and see what was on the Internet at a certain date, like that thing's fantastic. 
you know, and even, you know, something like, a, you know, ledgers are, are great because you can see the sequence of things and how they happen. You know, there's reasons businesses use ledgers. You know, it makes it really hard for people cooking the books, you know, especially if you, let's say we had an immutable ledger, you know, something like a blockchain. You know, no one could turn this thing back and lie, say, hey, something that didn't happen happened or something that, you know, or vice versa. Right. You know, we could hold people accountable, you know, not only the sequence of events, but when they, when they happen. And I, I, one thing I think it'd be interesting, you know, speaking of blockchain technology, they have algorithms out there that calculate how decentralized a blockchain is. Because if it's not very decentralized, and there, you know, it only runs through, say, a couple different nodes, it can be taken over by bad actors much easier. And I think it'd be interesting if we had some algorithms that would tell us how decentralized our news sources are. Mm. Because if something is redundant and actually controlled by the same company and pumped out, you know, 30 different places, well, I mean, that's maybe not we could have something go, why don't you just get rid of all of these and just have the one because they're all doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. They're it just, they're trying to fool us at that point, make us feel like we have a lot of options. We're hearing different you know, opinions on things. And really it's just the same source trying to sound like many different sources, trying to pull us a certain way. Right. Well, they're good about that. They don't want to, they don't want to reveal that it's all under the same name because then if you have one, if you have even the slightest problem with that name, you'll have a slight, you'll have a problem with everything under that name and they don't want you to know that they'd rather, it's kind of like soda brands, you know, if, if you don't like Pepsi, but you do like something else, Pepsi sells, they might not necessarily want you to know that they own that because if you don't like Pepsi, then you might stop drinking the Mountain Dew or whatever it is that you do like. Yeah, so they can influence you. They can influence you, yeah. Whatever makes them that money, which is that one brand. Well, the bra- exactly. The, the brand name could matter to you, and they know that. And if they stick a brand name on it that you don't like, well, they've lost sales. That's true. So, Touching on what you just said there, it's uh, all about the incentives where, you know, if if media can make more money by behaving badly, if the government can pick winners or losers, you know, we need to reestablish the incentives out there for good behavior or else we're going to get more of the same and maybe worse. Yeah. Corruption is not going to get any better if there's no incentive for do-gooders to do good other than doing good. Yeah. And I think if we just listen to the big media companies, boy, it doesn't, when they propose new laws or regulations, it isn't some general thing like, hey, free speech is a good thing. It's more of, uh, hey, this particular thing in this little industry, these small players need to be pushed out because this farmer does this thing in this particular way, and that, that might not be safe. So we got we to gotta crush them and push them out of the market. Well, yeah. I don't think, I don't think the media should have anything to do with um, rules and regulations. On You know what I mean? It's not... It's that's the government's. That is the government's thing. law. The media. Well, the I, media, I just feel like sometimes I feel like the the media is depending on they have who a their big, advertisers are. They're fielding pretty hard on their behalf, right. and some of these, you know, when when it comes down to some of the political issues. Well, like I was gonna, I was gonna make a stupid analogy, or like, um, it's like a the government's the hand, you know, that's feeding you, but the media's like the fork in between the food and the government, you know what I'm saying? Like they're uh, still part of the, they're still part of it. They're, they're working together. The, yeah. Yes. They're working yeah, together. They're the tool. They feed you exactly what they want. I almost to. would 
You're not wrong. It's some like, of the elites would be the uh, a hand would be the hand. Yes, and then the government and the uh, media. Well, I guess when I said government, I was more thinking, yeah, well, oh, the, the elites. Okay, the elites. You. I just say government because I my brain has a tendency to be like <laughs> that's the you know the superpower or the power I'm worried about. Oh, uh, but yeah, it would be the elites or it very well could be somebody in government acting of their own volition, not the government volition. Yeah, I guess we can just hope that. You know, people demand better systems. They pool to the platforms that are going to serve them better over the long run. You know, people spend their money where it's going to do the most good. And well, you we could don't allow ourselves to be endlessly manipulated. Well, I mean, none of that's bad advice, right? But, yeah. Putting but, in an action is another thing. Putting right? in an action is another thing. And having regulation on something that's a relatively new you know compared to the rest of the human race um is difficult and be like i don't know being able to control or 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 not being controlled by the people who want to have all the control and the people who have all the power and the money it's not an easy thing to do so it's not it's it's not odd for somebody to just be brainwashed into the things that brainwashing is a strong word but into the things that media just spouts out there you know what i mean that the news companies are just spouting out there it's not difficult to get wrapped up and think something's going on or think one thing when that's not even you don't even have the whole story because they're not going to give it to you because they want you thinking this type of way yeah i, I agree uh, well sorry my what i was trying to get at with that whole spiel was that we need regulation of some kind but it's really hard to regulate things without the government doing it or without a really well-funded like uh, 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 independent non-biased company or something of the fact doing it and that's yeah that's hard to do too so some way of creating legislation that would force them where it wouldn't give preferential treatment to where government's picking the winners and losers for the big boys Mm. but yeah on the other hand it's also protecting and you know protecting the small entrance into the market even more and allowing more people to come into the market as well. And for growth, you know, if it's regulated a little bit, the little people that do show up have a better chance of being able to growth and expand and maybe take a little chunk of pie out of the larger, Oh yeah, you know, companies. Yeah, I think, you know, especially when it comes to media and other different things, we don't have enough uh, decentralization. Mm. And we're just so well, yeah, there's, uh, there's six of them that, on everything. Yeah, you know, if one, one, one thing goes wrong, it just too, you know, yeah, it's when once we get to too big to fail, I think we have a problem. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. Because I, what I mean, there's a lot of different things that could go wrong when you hit that, like you, you hit that bubble pop. You know what I mean? Um, like think about what would happen if we didn't have any regulation like two or three of those decided they didn't like dealing with each other anymore oh we're just going to stop doing this or stop doing that and it's something that's actually somewhat vital like weather or weather updates and blah 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 blah. you never know i'm just saying crazy things have happened yeah well thanks for coming out chuck yeah no problem man i hope you guys enjoyed the show and i'll see you in the next one have a good one